Welcome to the Jazz Focus. We are here on WETF, the Jazz Station, South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark, and happy to have you with us again. We are going to be uh, focusing on a little uh, bit of jazz recorded history, mostly in the uh, mid, mid to late 1930s, although we get into the 1940s on one thing. And we're going to be uh, looking at a subset of recordings made by Benny Goodman. Of course, Benny Goodman is known as a great band leader and one of the... Um, first band leaders to achieve commercial success in the swing era. Um, and so he, he was uh, pretty much tied to his own groups from that point, which would have been uh, July of 1935 on, uh, but he would occasionally make uh, recording dates with other leaders, particularly uh, musicians who were in his band who would have him come in and play on their one-off recording dates. And so we are uh, going to be uh, focusing on those recording dates. There are two by Gene Krupa, one by Mel Powell, and then we're going to have a couple of uh, random tracks by Teddy Wilson, all featuring Benny Goodman. So the first thing uh, that we just heard was uh, uh, 
two recordings were two recordings by Gene Krupa's Chicagoans, which uh, was a recording date that was made in November of 1935. As I mentioned, the Benny Goodman Band had been together for, oh, about a year or so, a little bit more than a year at that point. They had been hired to play on the Let's Dance radio program in New York uh, as one of three bands that uh, uh, were presenting uh, dance music on the radio on Saturday nights, I believe, and Goodman's was the young band, the band that was going to be featuring the more jazz-oriented sounds, as opposed to Kel Murray, who uh, was a sweet band, and Xavier Cugat, who was leading the Latin band, of course. And Goodman's uh, music was not terribly popular in New York at the time. Part of it was because he went on so late. He was uh, he didn't go on till 11 o'clock or midnight, I think, East Coast time. And uh, when his band made a tour out through the Midwest, heading towards the West Coast. They were, uh, frankly, a disaster. Uh, the Midwestern audiences didn't think much of what he was doing. Of course, Goodman was playing music that was associated with uh, some of the great African-American bands, particularly Fletcher Henderson's band from uh, just before this period. In fact, Henderson was uh, his chief arranger at the time. So they didn't uh, do terribly well. However, uh, by the time they got to the West Coast, they found that the West Coast audiences were primed for this type of music because, of course, with the time difference, uh, his portion of the Let's Dance broadcast uh, had been... Uh, heard at 9 p.m. on Saturday night. So a lot of college students, high school students, and uh, young people in general were really turned on to the sound of big band jazz. And so when he opened at the Palomar Ballroom in Los Angeles in, I think it was July of 1935, that's usually considered the beginning of the swing era. Now, of course, African-American bands have been playing this music for a number of years before that, but it took that... Um, uh, sequence of events with Benny Goodman to uh, really ignite the popular appeal of this music. So by November of 1935, the Benny Goodman Band had been in California, it had toured around, it had come back to New York, it had had a great success in New York, and it was at this point out in Chicago playing a, uh, uh, a residency at the Congress Hotel where they were broadcasting quite regularly. And uh, Goodman's drummer, Gene Krupa, was one of the big uh, commercial aspects of the band. In addition to being a very fine big band drummer, he was a showman and uh, became well known to the public. And he started making recording dates at this point. I believe this one in November for the Parlophone label was his first recording date. And he used, uh, with one exception, all members of the Benny Goodman Band. He had Nate Kazabier on trumpet. He was uh, not a terribly well-known trumpet player, but he had been with the uh, Benny Goodman Band and was the soloist for a while before Pee Wee Irwin came in. And at this point, uh, it was Bunny Berrigan who was playing solo trumpet. But Kazabier's featured on this date, one of his few really uh, heavily featured uh, recording dates of his career. Then we had, of course, Benny Goodman on clarinet. Joe Harris was the trombone soloist with the Goodman Band. He was uh, very much under the spell of Jack Teagarden, and uh, I believe he was from Texas, as was Teagarden. He sang as well on a couple of the early Goodman recordings and had that type of uh, lazy, bluesy drawl that Teagarden did, and his trombone playing was very similar, at least in approach. There was a man named Dick Clark on tenor sax, and he was uh, Goodman's first tenor sax soloist. He uh, left the band not terribly long after this, and I think he left the business after a while. He ended up out in the West Coast and uh, did some studio dates and so forth, but I think he ended up doing some non-musical things uh, after the swing era uh, finished off in the late 1940s. We have Jess Stacy on piano, of course, the wonderful Jess Stacy from uh, Cape Girardeau, Mississippi, uh, had learned from some of the New Orleans players and ended up in Chicago in the 1920s and came to be known as one of the really uh, fine Earl Hines-influenced piano stylists. He was one of the few piano players from that period who really wasn't a stride player. Uh, he did that from time to time, but he was a little bit more uh, sophisticated. He and Teddy Wilson, who we're going to hear from a little bit later, uh, really sort of set the stage for the next generation of piano players. We have Alan Royce on guitar, a fine rhythm guitarist, and of course Krupa on drums, and the one ringer in the band was a 16-year-old African-American player named Israel Crosby, who was a bass player, and we're going to hear him somewhat extensively on the uh, one of the next tunes coming up. He was considered a prodigy uh, and uh, made a number of recording dates in the 1930s as a teenager with Roy Eldridge and Albert Ammons and other people, and uh, by the 1940s and 50s he was known as a, as a modern bass player. He was playing with the Ahmed Jamal trio, and uh, he uh, played with the George Shearing Quintet very briefly until he died of a heart attack at the age of about 42 or so. So he was uh, quite young when he passed away, but he had already made a pretty significant mark in uh, jazz as a bass player. 
So we started out with the Burt Kalmar and Harry Ruby tune called Three Little Words, which was a big feature for Goodman. Uh, you heard him play one chorus with pretty much just Israel Crosby on bass, and then Krupa joined in and became kind of a three-way dialogue between bass and drums and clarinet. A little bit modern for 1935, but uh, very interesting nonetheless. Then we went to a tune by the composer Billy Hill, who was known for composing uh, kind of Wild West or Way Out West type of pop songs like... Uh, uh, wagon Wheels and uh, Cabin in the Pines and things like that. This was called The Last Roundup and it was a good swingy uh, boogie-woogie type of tune that featured some excellent trumpet playing by Xavier and also uh, trombone by Joe Harris. So we're going to hear the other two tunes from this session coming up now. This next one was a jazz standard, even by 1935 standards. I think it was originally recorded by the original Dixieland Jazz Band in about 1919, 1920, and it's called the Jazz Me Blues. And then we're going to follow up uh, that with a very moody, uh, unusual blues performance called Blues for Israel, and that's Israel Crosby who will be featured. To have a bass feature in 1935 was pretty unusual. He uh, also did another bass feature a little bit later when he was recording with the Teddy Wilson band called the Blues in C-Sharp Minor, but that was two or three years after this. So we're going to hear from all of those fine musicians uh, on those two tunes, the Jasmine Blues and Blues for Israel. Then we're going to go to a Teddy Wilson date from 1937. This was done in Los Angeles when the Benny Goodman Band was out there uh, playing a residency. I think this was during the time when they made the film Hollywood Hotel as well. And we're going to hear them play a standard tune, or what became a standard tune, called Coquette by uh, Carmen Lombardo and... Uh, I think Roger Wolf Kahn on this one. So this is a tune that's going to feature other members of the Goodman Band from that period. We're going to hear Harry James on trumpet, along with Goodman, and Vito Musso on tenor sax, Teddy Wilson on, on piano, Alan Royce again on guitar, Gene Krupa again on drums, and Harry Goodman, Benny's brother, on bass. And following that, we're going to go to two sides, uh, later sides, by the uh, Gene Krupa Band featuring Roy Eldridge and Chew Berry along with Goodman. We'll talk about those when we get there. So the four, five tunes we're going to hear are the Jasmine Blues and Blues for Israel by Gene Krupa's Chicagoans, Coquette by Teddy Wilson and his orchestra, and I Hope Gabriel Likes My Music and I'm Going to Clap My Hands by the Gene Krupa Orchestra. <laughs>
So there we have some very fine small group swing sessions from the 1930s. We started out with, as I said, the Gene Krupa Chicagoans. That was actually uh, a band that kind of existed within the Benny Goodman organization. You know, that's uh, during the big band period, even that early, many of the larger bands would periodically feature a small group uh, that played more jazz. And of course, we think of the Benny Goodman Trio and Quartet and Sextet or the Bob Crosby Bobcats and things like that. Uh, Goodman's first attempt at doing that was during his um, early swing period, I think during the Congress Hotel period, and he had a group called the Jam Dandies, which was essentially the group we just heard with uh, his brother Harry on bass instead of Israel Crosby, and they would spell the full orchestra doing a jazz tune at some point during the evening or the set or the broadcast or whatever, and there are one or two broadcast recordings of that group, but Gene Krupa made these recordings with essentially the same group. So we started out with the Jasmine Blues and followed by Blues for Israel. And uh, the blues performance, of course, featured Israel Crosby, but had some wonderful brass playing by the two uh, brass players, Nate Kazabier on trumpet and Joe Harris on trombone. We also got to hear some excellent Jess Stacy on piano. And on Jasmine Blues, we heard a little bit of everybody. Then we went to Coquette, the Teddy Wilson uh, number, Teddy Wilson and his orchestra, done while the Benny Goodman Band was out on the West Coast, uh, I believe filming uh, Hollywood Hotel, as I said. And we heard some fine playing by Harry James, Benny Goodman, Vito Musso on tenor sax, and Teddy Wilson. Um, and that was uh, an, an instrumental uh, tune that was done during a date that featured the singing of Boots Castle, so I might play those at some point as well. Then we heard two tunes by, I said, Gene Krupa's orchestra. It was actually Gene Krupa and his swing band, uh, done in Chicago, February 29th of 1936. This was a point where the Benny Goodman Band was playing, uh, as I said, at the Congress Hotel uh, for quite a while uh, in Chicago, in the Joseph Urban Room, in fact. And... Uh, in a different part of town, at the Grand Terrace, uh, Fletcher Henderson's band was playing. As I mentioned, Fletcher Henderson was responsible for a lot of the early Benny Goodman orchestra arrangements. Goodman had hired him to come in and uh, arrange some of the pop tunes and some of the jazz tunes, and also to bring the uh, charts that he had done for his orchestra, even as early as the mid-1920s, into adapt for the Goodman Orchestra of the middle 1930s. And Henderson, uh, who had just seen his band break up in 1934, we did a a show on that band uh, that did those early recordings for Decca. Uh, he was making most of his money uh, writing for Benny Goodman for a year or so until he decided to go back out on the road with his own group, and he ended up, as I said, at the Grand Terrace in Chicago. And two of his featured soloists at the time were heard on this recording. We have Roy Eldridge on trumpet and Chew Berry on tenor sax, uh, two style uh, stylists and trendsetters in jazz, uh, African-American players who had been around for a while at that point in 1936 and were considered really the foremost exponents of their instrument. Chewberry especially uh, had kind of jumped into the void when Coleman Hawkins had left uh, to go to England and he was in England from 1934 until about 1938, late 1938. And uh, Chew and Lester Young a little bit later were the two tenor saxes who kind of uh, answered the call, in other words. So in addition to them, of course, we have Benny Goodman on clarinet, Jess Stacy again on piano, Gene Krupa again on drums, and Israel Crosby again on bass. And he was playing with the Henderson Band at the time, too. And we started out with a tune called I Hope Gabriel Likes My Music, which was uh, recorded by uh, several bands at the time, but none, no versions hotter than this one. This was quite, a, quite an interesting uh, version of this tune. And this is an unusually structured tune as well, but the band does well with it. Then we heard, from that point, we heard uh, I'm Gonna Clap My Hands, which featured a vocal by Goodman Singer at the time, Helen Ward, who I think also was involved with Goodman at the time. And uh, she was a very fine big band singer, not really a jazz singer, but an excellent musician. She was a, a piano player who apparently occasionally would uh, deputize in the Goodman band when they were on tour playing waltzes and things like that. Uh, and she sings that one, and she's going to sing another one coming up in just a second. So, as I said, the Goodman Band was uh, reaching great heights of uh, commercial success at this point, but occasionally, as I said, Benny Goodman would uh, step out and play with some of these other groups. He was, first and foremost, a jazz player, and he always got his kicks doing jazz, and that's why uh, he started featuring some of those small groups, the trio, the quartet, and so forth, with his band. And then later in life, when he wasn't leading big bands, he always had very good jazz organizations um, to his 
great credit, he was largely colorblind. He was not uh, reluctant to hire African-American musicians to play with his groups. He had Teddy Wilson, Lionel Hampton playing um, not with his regular big band, but with the small group, so they would tour with the big band. He also, later on, of course, had Charlie Christian. He had Fletcher Henderson playing with his band, Cootie Williams, Sid Catlett, uh, John Williams, all sorts of uh, players. Uh, if he liked the, their playing, then he would be happy to have them in the band. And he had the clout commercially and financially to be able to do that and to be able to uh, support those musicians, even when they went on tours to uh, less friendly areas, let's say. So we're going to finish up this Gene Krupa Swing Band session with the remaining two tunes. We're going to hear Swing is Here and Mutiny in the Parlor. Uh, Swing is Here is a uh, tune credited to Krupa, Eldridge, and Berry. It's a jam session tune. Mutiny in the Parlor by Heyman and Lonhurst. I'm not sure who they are. These were not exactly... Um, first-rate song composers, or they weren't getting the, 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 the cream of Tin Pan Alley, but that wasn't really the point on these recordings. They were uh, out to play some jazz, and indeed they did. Then we're going to hear another Teddy Wilson uh, recording. This is another instrumental from an otherwise vocal session, and it's called Salem, and just a, a sort of a jam session tune that features, as did most of the Teddy Wilson uh, records, uh, whoever was in town with any band at the time. These were put-together bands, often backing Billie Holiday, although usually you know other singers could be involved as well. This one features Jonah Jones, the trumpet player with, at the time, Stuff Smith, who was playing on 52nd Street at the Onyx Club. Goodman, of course. Ben Webster is on tenor sax here. He was just coming into his own in 1936 when this was recorded. I believe he was either with Cab Calloway or Willie Bryant at the time. I think he was with Cab Calloway, and this was not too long, a couple of years before he went with uh, the uh, Duke Ellington Orchestra in 1939, and of course made a gigantic uh, uh, wave there. We will also hear um, Teddy Wilson, of course, on piano. Alan Royce again on guitar. I was remiss in saying that we got to hear a very short solo by Alan Royce at the beginning of Coquette uh, in the last set. We have John Kirby, who is leading his John Kirby Sextet on 52nd Street, and Cozy Cole on drums, who I believe uh, had not yet gone with um, Cab Calloway. I think he was playing with Stuff Smith as well. So that will be Salem. And then following that, we're going to uh, go to a very interesting recording date for Commodore Records in 1942 that was led by the pianist Mel Powell. And I'll tell you more about that when the time comes after we listen to it. So, the tunes we hear right now. Swing is here. Mutiny in the Parlor, Salem, and then Blue Skies, and Just a Mood at Twilight.
So there's the tale of some great swing trumpeters along with Benny Goodman in these groups that we just heard. First of all, we heard Roy Eldridge playing with Gene Krupa's swing band, finishing up uh, that session, featuring Benny Goodman, and Chew Berry on tenor sax along with Krupa, Israel Crosby, uh, Just Stacy, and uh, Helen Ward on vocal. And we heard Swing is Here, followed by Mutiny in the Parlor. Then we did a little one-off of Teddy Wilson and his orchestra, and we heard Salem. And that was a tune, uh, I might have said it was a blues, it was not, it was obviously a pop tune, and uh, just cooked up in the studio, I believe, to feature Jonah Jones on trumpet, Benny Goodman, Ben Webster on tenor sax, and of course Teddy Wilson, the leader, on piano, with Alan Royce, uh, Harry Goodman, or excuse me, Alan Royce, John Kirby, and Cozy Cole all featured in as well. So these are all from 1935, 36, 37 in there. So we're going to jump up, uh, as I said, uh, for this last session. We heard the first two tunes, and we're going to hear the other two tunes from this session, finishing off the program. These are from 1942, and they were recorded by Mel Powell and his orchestra. And these were done for the Commodore record label. Commodore was a small label. It was put together by Milt Gabler, uh, who ran a record store called the Commodore Record Shop in the 1930s, and he uh, was interested in bringing back some of the traditional jazz of the 1920s. It wasn't called traditional jazz at the time, but he wanted to bring back some of the Chicago musicians, like Eddie Condon and so forth, and they uh, recorded uh, quite a few Dixieland types of sessions in the late 1930s and into the 40s as well. And that was, Commodore was largely known as that type of label, although they had some fine swing music as well. Lester Young recorded on there, Billy Holiday, Eddie Haywood, different people like that. This session by Mel Powell and his orchestra was a little unusual. It was kind of a progressive session for the day. Mel Powell was a very young piano player at the time. He was playing with the Benny Goodman Orchestra. He'd replaced Teddy Wilson when Wilson went out, uh, or sometime after Wilson went out on his own with a group. Um, he was uh, playing on 52nd Street as a teenager, very well-schooled pianist, very classical in his approach, uh, but he wrote some very interesting tunes, including a couple of the ones we're hearing on this session, and later went on to uh, become a noted composer of classical or concert music, modern concert music. He taught at Yale and I think out at UCLA as well. So at this point in 1942, he was playing with the Goodman Band and used uh, some of his Goodman associates on this recording date. Billy Butterfield is on trumpet. Lou McGarrity is on trombone. Of course, Goodman, who was billed as Shoeless John Jackson on the label on clarinet. He was under contract at the time to Columbia. Um, so some of his recordings, uh, even with Teddy Wilson earlier on, were billed under a pseudonym. We have George Berg on tenor sax, Mel Powell, of course, on piano, Al Morgan on bass. He was a, an African-American bass player who had a long career. Um, he had already uh, been recording for 10 years or more at that point. And Kansas Fields on drums. Al Morgan, I should say, was on bass, if I didn't say that already. So we started out with a kind of a, a, I guess you'd have to say, a progressive arrangement of Blue Skies, the Irving Berlin tune, and then Just a Mood at Twilight, very atmospheric. And then we're going to finish up in just a minute with the other two tunes from that session. We're going to hear When Did You Leave Heaven and a Goodman feature called The World is Waiting for Sunrise. And he had been playing this with his bands for some time. In fact, one of his early big band recordings was the Music Hall Rag, which was based on this tune. This is a tune that was considered old-fashioned. It was a became known as a banjo feature tune, but uh, Goodman loved this and recorded this many, many times, always at a blistering fast tempo, and we'll hear how Mel Powell keeps up with him on this one. So once again, I want to thank you for joining us today. We are uh, the Jazz Focus here on WETF, South Bend, Indiana, the Jazz Station. My name is John Clark. Hope you're enjoying these little explorations into the, uh, the cavernous corners of jazz history, and uh, we'll have some more interesting things coming up soon, I hope. Take a listen to my podcast, The Jazz Focus, which you can find on Anchor.fm and Spotify and lots of other places as well. Um, we have uh, lots of other programs there and uh, more to come. So once again, thank you very much and hope you enjoyed this Benny Goodman Sideman program. And we're going to finish up with two tunes by Mel Powell and his orchestra featuring Benny Goodman. When Did You Leave Heaven? And The World Is Waiting for Sunrise. <laughs>